start off with the nugget. Okay. Time is talent. I don't know if, we, if I gave you this one before or not. Time is talent given by God. Time is talent given by God. It becomes misspent and lost. It becomes misspent and lost when not employed. It becomes misspent and lost when not employed according to his design. Altogether. Time is a talent given by God. It becomes misspent and lost when not employed according to his design. So, uh, <coughs> use your time wisely. Because this is the only, only place that we have time. For eternity, there's no more time. We don't have to watch the clock. We don't have to watch, you know... You won't even know that you're a million years old. <laughs> Glory to God. Some people will be older than that. Yeah. Okay, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word. We can rejoice, Father God, because it has been sent to us, Father God, to bring us up and nurture us, nurture us, Nurture us. There you go. And the things of God in Jesus' name. And as we look to our country's anniversary, Father God, and birthday, Father God, uh, may we understand greater things about our country. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's what we're going to be looking at mainly this, this morning is the 4th of July. Okay. Uh, you, you want it? Fourth July Foundation is what I've got for a title. So if you'll turn with me to Psalms 11. Psalms 11. <clears throat> That's Psalms 11. Okay, Psalms 11, we will look at verse 3. You say, wow, this is a heavy one. <clears throat> if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? From the Amplified, it reads, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the unyielding righteous do? Or what has he, the righteous one, wrought or accomplished? This is talking about character, mainly. If the foundations be destroyed, what do the right, what can the righteous do? It's talking about our character. Well, again, happy Fourth of July weekend, Amen. Uh, Independence Day is what tomorrow is. Um, what it consisted of in the beginning. So we're going to look at what it consisted of at the very beginning of our country. I think. Uh, you may enjoy some of the stuff. And we'll see how much of the foundation you recall. Okay? Are you ready for this quiz? Okay. The birth of our nation in the year 1776. Everybody got that? So we are 240 years of age right now, our country. 
but just prior to any birth, there's, there's things that take place. You know, just as a, uh, a mother is going to have a baby, there's things that happening happening to that baby. You know, it's growing inside, okay? This is, this is what we're kind of, kind of talk about right now. Just prior to birth, the makeup of this nation's embodiment was developing its character its attributes, its spiritual concepts. These traits are needed to be formed and established to lead and guide this nation's journey in its pursuit of its calling in the years to come. Think about that. These traits could only be developed through men and women of prayer. Prayer would become the backbone of focus to the establishment of this nation. Because if, if we go back, if you begin to look at history, these people were Christians and they prayed what they wanted this, this nation to be. Okay? They gathered, prayed, and then implemented what was necessary to make this nation great. Okay? Um, the Christian Judeo principles were needed and adopted. So we're going to look at some documents of freedom. Anybody hear of the Mayfair? Well, we—you heard it last, a couple years ago. The Mayfair Mayfair Mayflower <laughs> Compact of 1620. Okay, that's when they they sailed from England, and they were supposed to go down to Savannah, and somehow they got misdirected, and they went north instead of south. And uh, they ended up in, uh, in Plymouth. Uh, and this is the result because now they were no longer bound by the covenant or, or uh, paperwork they did because they were supposed to be in Savannah and, and work, work there. Now they're up north and they're not bound by anything because this is a different place. They're not bound by uh, uh, their contract, I'll put it that way, okay? Uh, so. So the May, Mayflower Compact of 1620 uh, was, the, the, was the result of our first attempt of self-government. Under Governor Bradford, do you remember what, you recall that? We went through that a couple years. You know, they tried socialism, it didn't work, and all that other type of stuff. The, uh, <clears throat> the Mayflower, Mayflower, I'll get it right, Compact, the idea, laws were made for and by the people. Law, the idea of laws were made by and for the people. This is the heart of our democracy. It's made for and by the people. We make the laws. We're supposed to make the laws. That's why we put chosen people in and you see how far we're drifted. Okay, we're going to go there. Okay, second, <clears throat> second one we want to look at right now. Uh, we're looking at documents of freedom at this point. The Declaration of Independence, 1776, once again, is the founding document of American political tradition. All men are created free and equal and possess the same inherent natural rights. Um, and parts of the Declaration says self-evident truths 
rights, equality, and pursuit of happiness, and the right of revolution, in other words, self-government, because we're going to break away from uh, England. The Declaration weaves together philosophy, philo theologically, and political history, both the American mind and the American experience. A secular document it is, the Declaration, but nevertheless, it needs a religion for its authority. It's all backed by authority because you see, they talked about God I think three or four times at least in the Declaration. So for, for its authority, they relied upon God. Okay, the next one is the Constitution. Everybody remember what the Constitution? You know, what would be a good thing tomorrow? Uh, you and your families, or, or if you're getting together with families, get, get your iPad out, or if you've got one of these, read the Constitution. Take you maybe, you know, if you trade off a little bit, you find out. You may get, may get upset. What this says and what our country is doing, especially on the executive power branch right now. Okay, but read it. It's it's a good read because most people haven't read the the Constitution. Read the whole thing. Okay, just I'll make it a homework assignment for July fourth. Okay, the Constitution is the, the supreme law of the United States of America. Originally comp uh, comprising of s seven articles, okay? The preamble explains the purpose of the Constitution. We the people. And defines the power of the government. So if you're reading this, you're going to find out what, what they can and can't do. And what they should be doing and what they're not doing. Okay, so, you know. We might have some people rise up after, they, after you read this and find out, hey, I've got to get politically involved. It means you need to vote and tell other people. Here we go. Vote and tell other people what's going on, how they've mismanaged this. You Because know? a lot of people don't know it. If you read it, how many have read, read this through? Two of it, three, four. So, you know, read it again. See where we're at. If you don't have one of these books, you know, go online and you, you can pull it up and read it. Um, they give you a lot of good stuff on that one. Okay. Today we have those who despise the Constitution doing everything in their power to dismantle, destroy, and twist its message to feed their desire for political power over the people of this nation to embrace socialism-communism. That's what's going on. Okay. The Constitution was created on September 17, 1787. That was when it was created. It was ratified June 21, 1788. And it replaced the Articles of Confederation. Articles of Confederation was what we first put together, and then they got the, put the Constitution in and brought it in a better working ability there. Okay. 
Okay. Then anybody know what the Bill of Rights are? Okay. The Bill of Rights are the first ten amendments to the Constitution. They offer specific protections of individual liberty and justice and places restrictions on the powers of government. That's the Bill of Rights. You find out how much that has been eroded. See, we, like, like, like a lot of people saying, this is not, not any good anymore because they toss it, our, our government and a lot of people are tossing this out. We need to know what the Bill of Rights says. We could stand for it. We need to stand for it. Okay. The first two Bill of Rights, um, freedom of speech and the right to bear arms have been challenged by the progressive left to remove, erode, and dilute their true meanings as to control the people of the United States by executive overreach. You find out that there's three branches and one branch has gone wild and the other two just sit there and do nothing. Uh, we elected, quote, the executive branch and we elected the uh, legislature branch and they have not done anything. We need to get those people out and put people in that do right, do things right. They said they were going to do it, they don't do it. Some of those people need to be thrown out on the ear. <sighs> if we're, we're going to regain control of our country. Okay. Now, how many know about the symbols of our country? Okay, we're just, we're going to look at some. Um, every country in the world has symbols to give its citizens a sense of national pride. So we're going to look at some of the symbols that we have. Uh, symbols of our freedom. The flag. Star-spangled banner. Okay. Of course, that was... Uh, Created by Betsy Ross, okay. And uh, it's called the Star Spangled Banner. I should have uh, got, anybody know what the colors on the flag are for? Anybody can recall? I should have wrote that down, I didn't. John, you? Red is for blood that's been shed, white I think is for purity, and blue is for justice. Okay, white is for purity, Red is for the blood that has been shed, and blue is, again, justice. justice, possibly justice. Well, something I missed out. Okay. Then we have our national anthem, which is the Star Spangled Banner. Okay. Oh, once again. Okay. Anybody know what, know what our national symbol is? Yep. He's up there on top of the flag. Okay. These are some things that we need to know. What about the Pledge of Allegiance? Yes, Pledge of Allegiance. Amen. Why was the Pledge of Allegiance given? Okay, Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. It was created, or the Pledge of Allegiance started in 1887. The focus was to teach immigrant children loyalty to the United States. And what do we do? We tell kids now, you don't even have to say it. Hey, this is teaching our children. You know, 
also in 1887, this is right after the Civil War, um, the Pledge of Allegiance was to bring back uh, national patriotism and the feeling of starting and, and starting again, and it was implemented in the schools mainly. And then, of course, it went into the Congress and so forth like that. But that was implemented in the schools, so that our children would have a better understanding of our country. And of course, uh, it hasn't worked that way lately. You know, they're they want to take everything out of that also. What about the Liberty Bell? Anybody know where it's at? Location? Philadelphia. Independence Hall. Independence Hall. Um, on the bell it says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Uh, it has a diameter of 12 feet. It weighs 2,080 pounds. And they put this on a they wanted it up on a church steeple, but <laughs> uh, it worked until the until the British wanted to come get it, and uh, they transported it, and it finally got back into uh, Philadelphia. There, okay. Then, then what? It's already mentioned Independence Hall um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know. Uh, some of you from the East Coast have, have seen some of these things. Uh, others of us have just seen pictures of it. Uh, it'd be nice to go back and see some of these uh, historic things of our country. So if you get a chance, uh, do it, you know. I know Hawaii calls, but <laughs> <laughs> finding out what your, your, your country, uh, the his, history of your country, it would be great also. Okay. All right. At Independence Hall, most of our important documents were written there in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, July 4th. Anybody know what July 4th is? Independence Day, glory to God. This is the day that we declared our independence from England, or United States. Anybody know uh, uh, something about three presidents on the 4th of July? We had three presidents die on the 4th of July. Um, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day, or same year, on the 4th of July. Five years later, James Monroe died on the 4th of July. So if you want a little bit of, uh, what's it called, that uh, I can't think of it. Pardon, pardon me? Trivia. Trivia, there you go. You hit that with some people. All right. Um, Statue of Liberty, uh, or Statue of Liberty means enlightening the world. Uh, was given to us in 1886 by the French, a gift from France. Uh, and uh, why is the Statue of Liberty all green? Pardon me? 
made out of copper. <laughs> okay. You can look up also some of the, there, there's other interesting facts about this, but I, th I thought some of these, these are found, foundations that a lot of people don't know about, you know. Okay. How about the blind lady of justice? You ever see the, she has a sword, I think a sword in her left hand, and it's scales in her right hand, and she has a blindfold over her eyes. The theory that law should be viewed objectively without, uh, de with the uh, determination of the innocence. In other words, it's going to be without seeing it. You're going to they're going to weigh things out. Um, it's also the motto of the Supreme Court: equal justice under law. So if you go to the Supreme Court, that's on their. Entry to the, uh, the Supreme Court. How about the White House? Anything, anybody know about the White House? Of course, we know it's in Washington, D.C. And it's the residence of who? The president. And uh, it started with, uh, in 1800, with President John Adams. Okay, how about Uncle Sam? Anybody ever hear of Uncle Sam? It's a nickname for our government, Uncle Sam. It uh, started in, in 18, 1812, the War of 1812. Um, I should have wrote this individual's name down. He had a beard, a little bit of a beard. And uh, he would ship food to the, well, the government bought food, uh, whether either it was pork or something. They were shipped in barrels, and they would, he would stamp U.S. on it. And pretty soon he said, it's Uncle Sam's, you know, because it, this guy had this beard and you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Sam's poster started in 1830. But uh, not until 1917 uh, did the posters become standard to look like what we know Uncle Sam now, where he says, I want you. you know, I want you for the Army. I want you for the Navy. I want you whatever, whatever. That's the Uncle Sam that we know now. So that's when it took place. Okay. It's quite interesting. That's, uh, not, that was 1917, the poster standard poster that we know of, of, of Uncle Sam. Okay, how about uh, some statements about the, from uh, founding fathers and that has trickled down. Um, let's hear a few of these. The highest, the transcendent glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the precepts of Christianity. And they say that our country wasn't established. That was uh, in 1837. That was uh, a quote from John Quincy Adams. 
Here's another one. Let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration of the Christian religion. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse it and to diffuse it with its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, and literary. Literary? Okay. That was Daniel Webster, 1851. Here's one. Here's my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by providence, that he ought to be worshipped, Benjamin Franklin. And things like, hey, this is starting to sound like we've been established by people that knew God. You'll laugh at this one or be astounded at this one. I am a real Christian. That is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ, Thomas Jefferson. And they say Thomas Jefferson was a deist and didn't believe in God. But this is a quote. I am a real Christian. That is to say, a disciple of the, of, of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. How can you say he was, you know, Here's one. We have staked the future of America's civilization upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. And we want to remove those. Or they have removed those. Except in one, in, uh, one state. One state use Article Number 10. The right of states. And that was Oklahoma. I don't know if anybody else has picked up on that. I, I was going to look it up. Ten Commandments. That was, that was said by James Madison. Okay. We're almost done. We get out here early. You get to... Oh, not quite. Here's one. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religion, religions, but by Christians not religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry. And then we have one that was a little later, uh, back in the 20s. America was born a Christian nation. That was uh, said by Woodrow Wilson, President Woodrow Wilson. It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. George Washington. A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Theodore Roosevelt. Freedom prospers when religion is vibrant and the rule of law under God is acknowledged. Ronald Reagan. 
We the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts. Not to be overthrown, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow men who pervert the Constitution. Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Finally, the fundal, fundamental basics of this nation's law was given, well, pardon me, the fundamental, the fundamental basic of this nation's law was given to Moses on the mount. If we do, do not have the proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a, to, to, a totalitarian government which does not believe in the rights for anyone except the state. That was President Truman. Harry S. Truman. Okay. Now we get to slip by a little bit. Okay. Call and vision. After Emma, we located to Oxnard, California. Speaking of the wife and myself. And we started a, a school of ministry for a church there. Uh, once the school was established, after a little, bit, little over a year, we were directed and prepared. We were directed to prepare to... For a move. Okay, so we'll turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Because we didn't know where we were going. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. For he looked for a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 10 from the Amplified. For he was, will, he was waiting expectantly and confidently looking forward to the city which has fixed and firm foundation whose architect and builder is God. Wow. That's, and we ended up in Santa Maria. Santa Maria became our uh, destination. And we were to establish a place for God's presence. Okay. And uh, a name was chosen, uh, Shekinah Glory, uh, speaking of his presence. Okay. Then a scripture was given, Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. <coughs> okay, here we go. With the formation of in the name of Shekinah glory, the first and foremost priority that Jesus declared must be established. Let's go to Matthew chapter 21. Verse 13. Matthew 21, 13. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Okay, let's go, go to the next one. We're just going to back this up by a couple of things. Mark 11. Verse 17, Mark 11, 17. Is, not, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer? Uh, from the Amphite. He taught them and 
and said to them, Is it not written, My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations? Okay. And then we go to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Luke 19. Verse 46, saying unto them, It is written, My house is, my house is a house of prayer. Okay, uh, that's verse 46. Uh, from the Amplified, telling them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer. So, Shekinah glory is supposed to be a house of prayer. Um, intercession, prayer and intercession should be the, is, is the is the success for, let me get that right. Intercession and prayer is the foundation to any success, okay? Because what did Jesus do all the time? He prayed. He even fasted. And uh, so intercession is needed to bring focus to all important issues. So prayers, any issue that we have here in the church it needs to be brought in and scoped and focused by prayer and intercession so let's find out a few things about intercession uh, let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 59 Isaiah 59, chapter 59, looking at verse 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, he, his arm brought salvation unto him. Okay, let's read it from the Amplified. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to intervene on behalf of truth and right. So it's needed. Any church that is established should have prayer priority. Jesus said this is supposed to be a house of prayer. He says, we've, we've goofed up, you goofed up by making a den of themes. So let's, we need to really, the foundation for any church should be prayer, based on prayer. The only way we're going to um, erect anything is, is build it on a foundation, and the foundation is prayer. I mean, outside of God. God's the foundation, but then prayer needs to come around the section. Okay, let's go to um, oops. Isaiah 65 this time. Okay, it's still Isaiah 65. Let's go to the 
that's not what I wanted. I must have typed it out wrong. Okay, let's jump to Ezekiel chapter 22. Sorry. Ezekiel chapter 22. Looking at verse 30, Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and to stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy, destroy but I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them, for I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own, their own ways have I recompensed for their, upon their heads, saith the Lord God. From the Amplified, I sought for a man among them who, would, who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy, but I found none. Wow. So we see there's a, a very important things that, uh, that need to be established in any church is prayer. I mean, you know, the word is good. The word develops us. But prayer hones us in and keeps us focused. And I think we haven't focused as much as we should have, okay? Or, okay, so it's... Okay. These are indictments to our failure to intercede when called upon. Uh, our nation right now is in need of prayer. We are coming into a general election in, in November. We need to be praying daily for our nation that the right men and women would be put into office, that we will not fall, fall, continue to fall in the pattern to which we have been going in. And again, um, we can't take four more years of what we have. And we only have one, one, one other alternative. And um, if you look up, oh, I believe the man, it's, it's a, um, an individual who is a fireman who had a vision. I think his name is Keith. I'm not first. Um, first name is not too sure about Keith, but his last name is Taylor. He's a fireman, and he has um, had a vision of what is going to take place. And what so far uh, of the vision that he's had has taken place so far. And he says, "We can turn things around." So, if you want to look that up, um, but anyway. Uh, Taylor's last name, and he's a fireman, so it's on uh, on the presidential race. If you want to put it that way, he might you might be able to pick it up on the internet that way. Um, again, um, the verses that we have just looked at um, indicate that there has been a failure to intercede when called upon. Um, the church has become lukewarm, and the consequence is unfaithfulness as God's people. We've been called to pray and we haven't been doing it. I'm talking about generality as a the church body itself. But if we will go to John chapter 15 now, the book of John.
John chapter 15, looking at verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should, be, should remain, that whatsoever you ask, and ask the Father in my name, it may be given you. He says, ask. And it's seeking. God's looking for intercessors. If you couldn't find them before, let's rise up to the call. Um, we must build upon the principles that lead to success. Prayer, intercession, and that hard word, fasting. Because uh, fasting will really change things around. Wow. For us, we need to pray, intercede, and even fast for church growth. Okay, this is what we're bringing out to you right now. That new people would join us. That they would be committed and eager to help Amen. for the common goal. Amen. The common goal is getting people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you heard the word hospital. Oftentimes, Pastor Peggy mentions the word hospital. How does a hospital operate? One, you need management. Okay? And uh, you need doctors and nurses and custodians, even repairmen, electricians, and plumbers to fully staff a hospital before even the hospital gets into play. You've got to have these people gelling together, knowing what their jobs are, and having enough individual, having enough, oh, what's the word I want? Having enough people or, or workers that when the hospital doors are open, you can take in the crowds that come in. So we've got to believe in what? Workers. We need to pray, believe in workers, okay? Okay, let me give you an example real quick here. Marion Hospital, Dignity Health. Does anyone know how old that, that hospital is? You know, it just blossomed just within the last seven years, actually. But it was established in 1940. 46, no, 76 years ago. It now blossomed, and it's, quote, being known among the, about the nation now, as they said, it's at number seventh or eighth in, in cardiac and all that type of stuff. It's getting to be known around the country. So it took... 76 years to get to the point where it's at. So what am I saying? Don't despise small beginnings. They started with the small, the small staff and they had to, as they grew in, into different wings, they had to bring the people in, get them prepared for the people that were gonna come in as patients, okay? Um. With a new wing, new personnel had, had to be brought in and to secure each department before they become fully operated. Okay. 
Before we at Shekinah can expand, we need to have workers set to go when the opportunity becomes available. That means we have to pray in those workers. I mean, you go out there and get them. Need to uh, sow in, bring them in that way. By hook, and I hate to say that, by hook or crook, crook but <laughs> we, we need to draw them in and call upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows who needs to be here, right. their hunger for what is needed in their life that they can receive, that they can share with others, okay? Example, uh, children's workers, greeters, cleaners, so that there is no overload on any one department. That means one department is going to have this, and the department people are going to go jump in front of, you know what I'm saying? One department would have their own, and they would continue to build on that, and so they don't have to go. Okay. Okay, we need to pray, intercede, and call them in for the harvest. For the harvest is white. It's getting close. We're getting to the end. Look at uh, look at Israel. Look what's happening. Uh, these terror bombings and, and terror uh, attacks. People ought to be getting hungry for God. We need to get them in here, so they don't get hooked up with chrysalis and other screwball things that will lead them. You know, a lot of people get, you know, this is a good thing, this is a good thing, and they get caught up in it, and then they're still lost. You know the truth. You're like Acts 17.11. You know the word. You know when somebody's th throwing a bunch of trash at you? So you need to go out there and help others. Amen? We need to help others. In the hospital... They minister the sick and hurting, but they also have a unit called the ER. What's that? It's emergency response. Okay? This is where the art of intercession is needed. We need to have an ER response here. Amen. So when, when someone says, we, we need prayer, You've got to be an ER doctor, ER nurse, ER, clean, you know, even the room's got to be cleaned up. You have to be part of the ER response team. We just can't say, well, let, you know, let the doctors do it. Well, if we let all the doctors, who's going to, what, what nurse is missing? I mean, there's something the nurses are going to do. Something that the, the janitorial, the electricians may have to come in there, you know, we have to be ready. So when there's a response, we need to pray. Amen. Not think, well, somebody else could do it. I'm tired. God said, I looked for a man. I could not find one. That's a sad thing. Because oftentimes when you call a woman, she's jolly on the spot. The guys are, you know, got other things. So, you know what I'm saying? It's all... Get with the program. Amen. The, well, this is the art of intercession is needed here. We, all, we must all be ready when called upon to pray, intercede, and fast. Pray for increase in people who desire God's will. 
don't become weary in well-doing. You know, it took Marion 76 years, well, 70, we'll say 70 years to get where they're at now. We're, we are, our time frame is shorter, so it means we need to become bolder and more courageous in what we are called to do. Amen? Amen. We sang a song this morning, and one, one, one of the um, stanzas or phrase says, If the people have a mind to work, if you have a mind to intercede, he will send a fresh anointing upon you. Yeah. Don't think, well, I've done it before. You'll have a fresh anointing to do what you've called to do. Amen. That means you could pick up sticks and go. Amen. Amen? Okay, this is, that's 240 years of, of independence that we have. And we are, we are, we are moving at a good pace, uh, like I said. How does how do how do how does the hospital operate? You need management, nurses, custodians, repairmen, electricians, plumbers to fully staff a hospital. Glory to God. And uh, Dan has graciously said he would step up and help the management for a little bit here. And so uh, he may be calling on some of you to get some of your ideas or what you're doing and what capacity you're doing and try to resolve some things that we can build upon. So don't, don't take that he's... jumping on anybody, but he's try we're trying to solve problems. And uh, you can help solve the problem by being truthful. Yeah. And don't complain about somebody else's work. Just look at your own. Well, sons don't do it there. No. Okay. What, what's your homework for tomorrow? Read the Constitution, Bill of Rights. Find out where we're at. Then call your senators and representatives and say, get with the program. This is what the, the article says about you need to be doing. Quit gold-bricking. Okay. Anybody need prayer at this point? I ran over toes, so I just wondered, you know. Okay, so we will uh, try to uh, add a little of uh, the vision and goal. There's, there's, there's things that uh, I know what the building's supposed to look like, one of the buildings look like, two of the buildings I know what they look like. The children's church building will, will look like an ark on the outside. Now, somebody was going back east. Was it you that was supposed to get pictures of back east if there was an ark when you went back there? No, you went down south. Okay. I've got to find out who's going back east again. But there's a, I can't remember where, where it's located, but there's a church that has a children's uh, 
church built like an ark, and just like this, see what it looks like. And by the way, uh, right now, if you're going into Kentucky, the ark is in Kentucky, the wife said she looked it up. The, I don't know how they got that ark. That ark is 430 feet long, 75 feet wide, I think it was. They got it into, into Kentucky. I don't know how they got it there, but it's supposed to be coming to uh, Long Beach, but when, I don't know. They want to be Long Beach, um, San Francisco, and Seattle is on the, on the west coast here. So, and, it's, and they do have life-size replicas of certain animals on that ship so you can see how big the ship is and what this, these animals would look like in their compartments. It's quite interesting. Okay, let's all stand. Have a happy fourth tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks. We have been so blessed, Father God, to live in a country, Father God, that was dedicated to you, Father God, to spread the gospel to the world. We ask, Lord, that you forgive us, Father God, for the things that this nation has gone through in the past 50 years, Father God. Bring us back, Father God, to where we will be, once again, used of you mightily in the world, Father God, for good. Now give us each, Father God, a great Fourth of July, Father God, with family and friends, in Jesus' name, amen.